Hello, you're listening to the CrossFit Lady podcast, a podcast for women over 50 who are interested in staying active in this sport through menopause and beyond. I'm Lita Peterson, host of the show and just your regular mom and average CrossFitter who's passionate about all the good that comes from this sport. My mission is to encourage us older female athletes to train smart by discussing relevant topics and featuring interviews with people we can learn from. Thank you for being here. And now on with the show. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the CrossFit Lady podcast. I hope that you've been well. As you probably know, this is the first weekend of the CrossFit Open. So it's been very exciting to watch the workout come out on this past Thursday. And what did you all think of it? I uh, did not do the original workout back in 2014. That was a year before I started CrossFit. So this workout was new to me, but I'm curious to know if you'd done it before, um, how you did then and how you did now. If you could compare, have that comparison, it'd be interesting to know. Um, As I mentioned in my last episode, the two boxes that I'm now affiliated with are both doing intramural open competitions. So one is hosting a Friday Night Lights event on Fridays where members can do the workout and the other box is hosting the open workouts on Saturday mornings. And since I'm a participating team member at both boxes and trying to get points for my team, I'm doing the workouts twice. (laughs) So I figured I would do one scaled version and one RX version at, um, you know, one of the boxes at either box. And so that's what I did with this one. I um, got 146 points in the RX version of this workout and 194 points in the scaled version. I think for me, the hardest part were the toes to bar in the RX version. I just, after a while, it's, I just just could not get that rhythm and, you know, just doing singles as, you know, soul crushing as that is. And, um, and then the scale version, the pull-ups were just really, again, just hard. You know, by that point, you're just, arms are jello. Like I'm, I'm feeling my arms right now. They, um, are going to be jello by tomorrow, which is Sunday. So, (laughs) so definitely, um, got a great workout doing both of these, uh, these two uh, versions of it this weekend. Either way, I'm happy to have had, you know, these two days of a good workout. I Overall, I love the fun, lively atmosphere, both boxes, cheering people on and witnessing the magic of the open, right? Which is when people end up getting their first toast to bar, which I saw happen to a couple of people actually. So that was super exciting. And, um, or see, witnessing somebody get their very first ring muscle up. So It's always fun to see how people push themselves and all of a sudden magic happens and and these skills are achieved um, during the open workout. So, so much fun. Anyhow, hope you're enjoying it. Um, Can't wait to uh, see how, how we do with the rest of the open. All right, so changing gears now because I really want to tell you about my interview with my new friend, Tina Collins. So, Tina and I are both members of the Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group. And in that group, she posted an incredible collage of her muscle building progress over the last four years. The message that went along with the photos was incredibly inspirational. And I thought a good reminder to us all about what it takes to build muscle in our 50s and beyond. So I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed speaking to Tina. 
As always, I look forward to hearing your comments, reviews, and ideas for future episodes. So on that note, enjoy the interview and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being on my show. I'm so grateful um, to have you on here because I think you have such an inspiring message uh, for my listeners. Um, Yours was a post that I saw on a Facebook group that I'm a member of, that we're a member of together, right? The Hit Play Not Pause group, which is a really great group of women who are performance-minded, they're athletic, um, and uh, you posted first of all, a beautiful collage of kind of like before and after shots of um, a transformative um, (laughs) transformation that you've had with yourself, which is great. But also you just had a really wonderful message. And I thought I need to reach out to this lady and get to know her and bring her on the podcast and you can share your message. Um, So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for reaching out to me. I'm excited. I love to love to share um, things that work for me. I've always been one of those people who, if I find, you know, the latest beauty product or whatever, I love to share it with my friends. And so thank you. I'm excited to be here. And And it's great because, you know, we understand that it's like, it's not a one size fits all, but sometimes it's great to share because, you know, um, there could be a lot of things that, that people could, could get out of it and apply it to their own lives and, and maybe see a change, see some progress. So I, I really yeah. do appreciate that. So, all right. So one of the things that you mentioned that um, you started a muscle building journey uh, right after turning 50, which I definitely want to get into, but before that, I want to find out like, what were you doing before then? And then kind of what clicked with you that you decided to, to do this, to go on this muscle building journey. Okay, great. Yeah. So I've always loved anything fitness and nutrition related ever since I was really young. Um, I just, I had a sister who's 11 years older than um, myself and she was always into healthy eating. And I learned so many, I mean, back 20 years ago, she was telling me about ashwagandha and rhodiola and all these adaptogens. And, you know, when it comes from um, your older sister, I always felt like, you know, her approach always seemed kind of condescending. So I would just kind of like brush her off. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, I should have listened to her a long time ago because she knew her stuff. But um, yeah, so I was always into fitness and I loved, um, I always did random workouts. I did like hit workouts and I would do a workout here and do a workout there. And I was one of those people who, you know, I like to stay active and I wanted to be healthy. But I used to look at myself and say, why do I look like I don't work? <laughs> and I mean, I thought I was eating healthy. I used to, you know, always practice eating whole foods. And I try to always minimize my, you know, processed foods and all that. But um, right when I turned, I was about 40, um, right before my 50th birthday, I was 49. And um, that was in 2019. So four years ago, um, I remember starting to experience some menopausal symptoms nothing too severe, um, some irritability, um, some hot flashes here and there, nothing major. And then I remember looking at myself and it was that first before picture and thinking, I've got to do better than this because here I am going into my fifties. I'm like, you know, I'm running out of time here. And I started reading a lot about just longevity and exercise and what's the best type of exercise for longevity. And that's when I started to really, um, 
read a lot about just lifting weights. And although I used to, I had weights, I never lifted more than like 15 pounds. And I would just do them in like hit workouts, you know, really fast. I never really paid attention to my form. And so I started reading more about, you know, progressive overload and all of that stuff. And I was just, I just became really excited about the prospect of putting muscle on my body. I thought, wow, I wonder if I can do this because everything I was reading was very discouraging. Right. about, you know, how hard it is when you're, you know, a certain age and it's just becomes much harder. And so um, I said, you know what, I'm going to just try anyway. So I just dove in and read and joined Facebook groups. And um, I learned about macro counting and just all kinds of things. And I was just, I just got really excited about it. Right. And I started to, um, I used to make a lot of excuses for my training. Like, oh, I'm just too tired. You know, I have young kids and I'm working and I'm just too tired by the end of the day. So I decided that instead of making excuses, I'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and just get it done before everybody else is up. And it's been almost four years now. Wow. And I have not deviated from that routine at all. Even when we're traveling, um, of course, you know, I enjoy life with my family and I'm not super strict, but. When we travel, I do make sure that um, if we're not staying somewhere where there is a gym, I bring my bands and I just take time out to make sure I take that time out for myself. And um, I will never look back at my early morning workouts. I think that has been one of the best things I ever did for myself because now there's no excuses. I get up, I get it done. I go on with my day and it's done. I love yeah. that so much. There's so many pieces to what you've already said that um, are are really, I want to tease out. Like one of the things that I really like is, you know, we, we get a lot of information about nutrition, about how to work out, about whatever, and it can all get very confusing. And I think what you did, you really kind of took it upon yourself to do the research and to learn it firsthand, as opposed to just getting kind of like the sound bites. I think more of us, need to take that approach of really, you know, doing a little bit of that research and really getting, understanding it for ourselves, right? right. Um, I love that, you know, with the excuses, it's true you know, that you have to make the, whatever, whatever barriers you have really, you know, figuring out how to uh, make it work for you. I want to know, so when you started, when you, when you decided that you were going to change your approach to exercise, were you intimidated? I mean, were you were working on a regular gym, right? Did you feel any? No, I've actually, um, so I have a 17 year old daughter and when she was a baby, I had joined lifetime fitness and I tried to put her in the daycare. And every time I put her in the daycare and I'd go start my workout, I would get called and she just, she wasn't saying, and, um, it became very frustrating. So, um, I found an elliptical. And that was my first piece of um, major equipment that I bought for my home. And I um, stopped going to the gym and I started using the elliptical at home. And I have all these old DVDs. <laughs> I was working out with like Denise Austin, um, Shailene, um, what's her name? Shailene Johnson. Right. Um, and then I was doing a lot of beach body. Right. And actually, um, that's how I started with the weight training. I started doing a beach body program that I actually followed specifically to the, the way it's written. Okay. So I didn't deviate from it. I followed the calendar and that was my, and it was primarily strength training. 
So that was my first, um, it was a 90 day program. And I thought, oh, I'm going to transform in 90 days. I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, that's when I started to realize that this journey does not happen. Transformation does not happen in 90 days or 120 days, or it takes a lot of time and effort to, you know, um, to reach those goals, those fitness goals I had. And primarily, now I'm not going to lie. A lot of it came from an aesthetic reasons. You know, I wanted to look better. Yeah. That's where it started. Like I, I just didn't like the way I looked and I, and I was frustrated because I was working. I thought I was working out right. And I thought I was eating right. And once I learned um, about all the, the macros and stuff, I realized I was grossly under eating protein and calories for that matter. I was in the 1200 calorie club because that's what they tell us, right? They say, if you want to lose weight, you have to eat 1200 calories. And so that's what I was doing. Um, and it was, I remember first downloading my fitness pal and, and I started tracking just my calories and figuring out I was eating way too much fat, not enough protein. And I had no idea. I thought, well, I'm just eating healthy. I'm eating whole foods. And so, um, once I figured that out, um, I started to notice um, some changes, some physical, you know, body changes. Right. And um, the protein was a big one. Yeah, um, that's, that's super key. And, and, and I like what you said, because I think, you know, to be realistic, I know that sometimes we do see these um, 90 day transformations, you know, um, they pop up on the, the Facebook feed and all that, but it's not reality. I mean, it really does take a lot of work. And I think when you see somebody as you are now, and, and someone, you know, will ask, how did you get there? It's like, you know, you're taking them back four years of work, um, and not just a few months of work. It's a lot. Right, of right. I mean, that, that was like a big one. I was like, well, you know, I've been doing this consistently. Why, why am I not seeing the changes? So right. I had to learn to be patient. And that's certainly not one of my um, best virtues, because I want everything yesterday, you know, don't we all don't we all we don't want to mess around, you know what I mean? So I I'm I'm there with you. Um, So another thing that I wanted to get into so is regarding the post that you uh, put up on the, the uh, hit play not pause uh, Facebook group, Mm -hmm. you listed some things that have been just um, some key lessons for you throughout this journey. And so I wanted to maybe go through them and you can sure. um, kind of, you know, talk about them a little bit, fill them in a little bit. So one of the things, the first thing you say is consistently lifting. So what is, what do you mean by that? What does it look like? So um, like I said earlier, I used to do a lot of hit workouts with light weights and fast, just fast. And just, I want, I wanted that calorie burn and I wanted to sweat. And I thought that's, you know, But um, once I started reading about progressive overload, I started realizing, okay, I really need to step it up and um, follow a program that's well-designed, that is a phased program, you know, that's going to take you through, um, you know, three weeks of, you know, change, just phases, a lot of phased. um, I wasn't doing that before where my programming wasn't phased. I was just doing whatever. Mm -hmm. So... um, just increasing for, I started learning that, you know, first and most um, important is form. And so I started, you know, really paying attention to my form and um, just really trying to make sure my form was on. And then I would just slowly start to increase the weight and try to, um, you know, 
try I wouldn't try to go heavier each session, but I would just try to see how much I can increase, you know, every few sessions. And um, so that was one thing that was the progressive overload. Then I started reading, well, there's more ways to do progressive overload than just increasing your weights. Mm -hmm. So I was, um, you know, Googling a lot of different, how, how can I progressively overload without adding? Cause I didn't have heavier weights. Right. And then so COVID hit. Now you're working out at home, right? This whole process. Yes. Okay. I'm right. working out at home and 15s are the heaviest weight I have at the time. It was 2019. Okay. And uh, my wonderful husband, who is not um, someone who trains or anything, but he, he saw how motivated I was and how much I was en enjoying this process. He got me and it was during COVID. He was able to get me um, some heavy weights. Oh. He bought me 20s, 30s, 35s, and I think a, a 40s and a 50 pound dumbbell. Wow, and oh my gosh, it was like, better than diamonds but yeah and they were hard to come by during the they pandemic were. everybody was trying to get their hands on them so that was good you did great yeah, he found them at academy and um, i was so excited and i just slowly started you know um working my way to lifting a little heavier and heavier and eventually i ended up getting a barbell and so so those are the things i have at home i have a barbell i have um dumbbells that go up to 50 pounds i use a lot of bands um, I don't do a ton of cardio. I still use my elliptical if I can't get out on my daily walks, but, um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, I, I am interested in going to a gym because, um, I'd love to introduce a new stimulus and start using some of the equipment, you know, some of the um, cable machines and stuff, but I haven't done that yet. That might be something, um, to think about in the future, just give yeah. it a try and change things up a little bit. It, it is cool to see the changes that come with heavy lifting, right? Like that's where you really, you know, see, you, yes. you know, see the gains, you know, see that as a yes. well, which we'll talk to later paired that with good nutrition. The next few things are about that. You, you say consistently fulfilling your daily protein requirements, eating at maintenance calories or slightly above, um, you know, letting go of what the scale says, drinking enough water, eating veggies, taking creatine, fiber, and taking EAAs. So that's quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> but, but all that is really just, um, you know, you're putting together just that picture of eating, eating well and, and, and paying close attention to protein, um, calories, eating whole foods and a few of the supplements. So, yeah. So, um, take us into that, like with, so you were healthy eating before, but you realized that you weren't taking in enough protein. So how did you um, remedy that to start? Well, so once I started um, tracking how much protein I was consuming, um, the I, I wanted my I was aiming for one gram um, per uh, pound of body weight. So for me, that's roughly in the 130 ish grams per day of protein, um, give or take, you know, but uh, that's probably about what I um, try to go for is about 130. I don't always hit it. There are days where I'm, I'm under, there are days where I'm over. But the main thing, again, going back to consistent consistency is I try to be as consistent as possible. So I started um, including more um, things like cottage cheese, which I never ate before. <laughs> um, I always ate yogurt, but you know, yogurt has some protein, but it's really not a lot. 
So I started um, playing around with recipes, like adding a little bit of a vanilla protein powder to my yogurt. Um, egg whites was another thing I never ate before. And I was including, I started incorporating egg whites into my, um, you know, meals. And um, I definitely ate, you know, um, lean proteins, um, fish and meat and chicken, but um, I started to measure Oh. And that's how, and I became, I, I wasn't obsessive or anything. And I still do use my um, food scale a little bit, but I've gotten to a point now where I'm pretty good at eyeballing, um, you know, what four or five ounces of meat looks like. But that was another eye opener is using a food scale in the beginning right. to kind of just get an idea right. of portion size. And, and um, I think nuts. that is like, a, I, I think that's a really, um, it's kind of a hard transition for a lot of people, you know, to, to take that step of tracking, of weighing and measuring, but it's so necessary You say, like, you really get so much value out of like that information when you start. And like you were saying, you don't always have to do it because once right. you've got it, you've got it. And now you, I'm sure you could put together a meal and know without even weighing that you've got your you know, three ounces of protein, your five ounces of veggies, like it's all balanced, right? Yes, absolutely. And I, and in fact, I, I, um, I play around and um, I, I joke with myself and I'm like, I wonder if I got, you know, if this is the right amount. So I'll portion out something to eat and then I'll put it on the scale and I'm pretty, you know, it's off by a few grams, but not too bad. So I've gotten yeah. a pretty, pretty good at, you know, um, figuring that out. Um, but yeah, adding the protein was a big one and, you know, and, and good sources of protein. So like the, the um, you know, I try not to use too much protein powder, but honestly, to, to fulfill all the protein that I need in the day, I do consume at least one protein drink or I add protein powder to something mm -hmm. to get that 25 extra grams. And it's typically at the end of the night when I kind of look at my, because I, I do track. Um, I don't track carbs and I don't track fats now. I did when I first started, but now I found that um, just protein and calories. If I stay within my calories and if I, if I hit my protein goal for the day, then um, I, I found that to be effective for me. Nice. It seems to work out pretty well, but I usually wait until the end of the day and I kind of look at, you know, um, my uh, tracking and if I'm really low on protein, I'll supplement at the end of the night. I'll have, you know, a little protein powder in my, yeah. um, something like that. Sense. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about what was your relationship with the scale before you started this and what does it look like now? It's crazy that, that, <laughs> scale, that little piece of equipment that you just want to throw out the window. But I have <laughs> learned, I mean, I went through a phase during this journey where it was like, get rid of the scale. The scale's no good. But I've come back to think that it's actually important because it is a source of data. And so, but it is not the only source of data, which most of us, particularly women, that's what we go by. That's what we've always gone by, right? And I always had this specific number in my head. That's the number I'm gonna get to. And um, I haven't gotten to that number in four years. And you know what? I don't care anymore because I've noticed the changes. Right. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter to me if I'm that number anymore, because I, I just, it doesn't, it's obviously, it doesn't matter. It's just a number. Right. And um, your body composition is so dramatically different, uh, regardless of the number, which is I exactly. Mean, 
I mean, I've fluctuated um, in in these four years. I've gone from 138 pounds was like what I started. I'm five four, so I'm not very tall. And um, I've gone down to 129 when I do like a little cut for mm-hmm. like let's say summer to try to lean out for the summer. Um, but it stays within a certain range. I do continue to weigh myself, but just to kind of look at it as, um, to look at the trends, to right. see if, and I've never um, aimed for a specific body fat percentage. I know you hear a lot in this industry, in this space, when you're on these different groups and people talking about weight loss and muscle and everything, everybody's, a lot of people are focused on a certain body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. I've never, I mean, I had a DEXA scan once mm-hmm. when I first started this journey and I have not gone back for another one, but um, I'm, I'm starting to think that I might, I should, because I would like to see how much muscle I've gained. Yeah. I started. So I think I'm going to do that just to compare Yeah. Um, in the last like three, three and a half, four years. Um, so that would be interesting, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, scale that scale can be very triggering for so many of us well it's it's hard to remove the judgment that comes from weighing yourself but and once you do like you said it's a good data point and then and nothing more really right exactly um that is really good um okay so you do take um you talk about taking consistently taking creatine consistently taking eaas um and can you talk about those two? Are there other things that you take or are those two your main ones? Well, I think from a perspective of building muscle, I think those two have been good contributors. Um, the creatine and the essential amino acids, I, I do believe that they've helped a lot with my recovery, with my performance and with um, just overall muscle growth. Um, I do take other supplements, um, ashwagandha, that um, Dr. Sims talks about in her book. I've taken that for a few years and that was actually a godsend for me um, during um, when I was experiencing menopausal symptoms. The ashwagandha really helped with the irritability. Um, I take omegas. Um, What else? Magnesium. Magnesium is a big one. I start, and in the beginning I used to take just that, I don't know if you're familiar with the calm magnesium. That's like one of the most um, common ones, Mm -hmm. but I've learned that really that one's more like a laxative. (laughs) And so um, I've since switched to glycinate and I take it before bed and it helps with, um, it does help a little bit with sleep and also recovery. I do feel that um, the muscle soreness is less Mm -hmm. and I do attribute that to the magnesium, um, but I think the um, essential amino acids have um, something to do with that as well. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what other supplements I take. Um, and then just your basic, you know, vitamin D3, of course, right. um, and vitamin I, C and zinc. I love that the Next Level book actually did a, a little book review of that. Um, and, and that book is just goes into all of those um, good supplements, the key ones, I guess, that we all need at our age and, mm-hmm. and, and for muscle. So um, yeah, that's, that's a great resource. Um, so you're consistently walking daily. Are you, do you count your steps? Do you, I see you have a, I a- do. I, I use um, a fitness tracker yeah. just for steps. Yeah. And I might check my heart rate during a workout, but I don't track like um, calories burned or anything like that. I just, I like to, 
I like to get at least 10,000 steps a day. Um, most days it's actually more. Mm -hmm. um, and then very rarely is it less than 10,000. Yeah. Um, but I try to at least aim for the 10 to 12,000 steps a day. Right. Good. And that, I, I didn't do that before, you know, yeah. so that just, just adding the walking in every day, it did help getting a dog. <laughs> I got a dog two years ago or last year, I'm sorry. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that, that's always, uh, a plus when it comes to walking. It really is. I mean, it, you know, and it's, it's enjoyable, but yeah, I, um, yeah, walking is great. And it's just, you know, being outside too, the power oh, yeah. of just being out in sunlight yes. or being out in fresh air really does wonders for, for so much. So it really does. Really and good. it's so underrated. I really think walking is so underrated. People don't think it's a form of uh, a good form of exercise, but it really is such a great form of exercise. I agree. I agree. Um, so you talk about getting enough sleep. How's sleep been throughout your menopause transition? Have you had any problems with that? I yeah. did um, sporadically. I went through some phases where I was I was getting some um, hot flashes in, at night. And so I was having trouble sleeping. Um, you know, I take a little melatonin here and there. Um, but it wasn't terrible. And so, again, I had to fix up my sleep hygiene because, you know, I was guilty of scrolling through my phone before bed um and just you know there's we just have so many so much around us the tv the devices everything is constantly so my husband and i actually sleep in a room without a tv and that helps <laughs> because yeah. we would we would crawl into bed and turn the tv on i'd fall asleep with the tv on and you know um you know everything they say about sleep you got to really be very um, conscientious of your sleep environment right. <laughs> not have any you know the blue lights that come from the, the devices and all that so um i have really tried to you know get to bed at a decent time and a lot of times i fall asleep with my son i'll go lay down with him at night and i fall asleep in there and then my husband has to wake me up and then i kind of have to start all over again so that's not ideal but for the most part i've found i i pretty much get about seven hours of sleep at yeah. night, which is probably not ideal. I should probably get more, but honestly, I wake up feeling rested. I get yeah. my workout in and I have energy throughout the day. And, and that's been another thing that I didn't yeah. mention in those consistency points that I make is, um, you know, the energy, the energy doing the exercise and eating right. And um, maybe taking all those supplements, you know, all of those things combined have really, I don't hit that, you know, three o'clock wall where I'm feeling tired and I need something to pick me up and, you know, you want a snack or you want some coffee or something. Um, yeah. I don't get that anymore. Good. Yeah. And so that's been really um, a nice perk. <laughs> right. It's good. And, and, and what I was going to say that, you know, as long as you wake up and you feel refreshed um, and ready that, um, you know, that's the ideal, right? Um, so yeah, I used to wear an activity tracker and it would say to me, like, it, it's a power of suggestion because it would, I look at it and it said basically that I had a terrible night's sleep and that I, I had not recovered enough for activity. Well, when you wake up and you see that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh, I guess you're right. I, I, I'm a little bit like not, you know what I mean? But it's the power yeah, it's I realized you know what? I feel fine. <laughs> it was kind of like suggesting to me that I, I didn't, I didn't have enough recovery, but like, really, I felt fine. So it's funny. Yeah. I stopped using it. I, I thought I'm just going to go with what, how I feel. And as long as you feel good and feel like you have enough energy. So true. 
So know? true. We have to listen to our bodies because they, they tell us, our body will tell us what's, what's going on. And, um, you know, sleep is a big thing right now in the fitness industry. Everybody's talking about, you got to get your sleep, or you know, it's, it's, if you don't have your sleep, your seven, eight hours of sleep or whatever, it's such a big thing, but I think it's also very individual. Right. And, and again, listen to your body. If you feel fine, you feel energized, then, you know, if, if that means that you're getting six hours of sleep, but you still feel okay, well, you know, yeah. go by how you feel, right? <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Um, so you talk about managing stress and, and also choosing discipline and balance. So can you talk about those couple of things? Um, yeah, of course. Managing so, stress? I know you wrote in parentheses work in progress. And I think that speaks always. to all we're constantly having to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's something that we're always having, you know, my husband and I always like checking ourselves with the, you know, yeah. is this something worth stressing about, <laughs> you know, right. the whole grand scheme of things. So, um, you know, I, I'm a very irritable person. I always have been. My mom used to tell me when I was younger, she, my mom is, um, she's a uh, old, she's from, um, Yugoslavia at first, I'm first generation. And, you know, she still wears a babushka <laughs> and she used to say to me, you're too nervous. You're too nervous. <laughs> And she would tell me to stop drinking coffee and all kinds of stuff. And I was, I was very irritable. In hindsight, I really do believe a lot of it was a hormonal thing that I just wasn't aware of what was happening. And I would, and a lot, and also even after my um, second pregnancy, I developed Hashimoto's. Um, I, I went through all kinds of, you know, um, different things that I was trying to figure out with my body and what's going on with me. And irritability was a big one. Right. But the um uh, the ashwagandha had helped me a lot with that. Good. But the the stress thing, yeah, that's always something that we're all trying to manage, right? So it's just something that we have to just try to be conscientious of. And you know, um, some days I'm better at it than others. You know, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, does practicing gratitude have some impact with your stress management? How do you go about practicing gratitude? So. I get up every morning and I, um, I pray and I have not gotten into journaling yet. I do have journals that sit by my nightstand and I haven't been, um, I haven't gotten into the habit of it yet. It's something, one of my goals that, you know, get into journaling because they say it has so many benefits, but just to be able to sit quiet by myself every morning before I do my training, I have my coffee and, um, I'm not a good meditator. I have, my mind is always so busy. I've tried, I've tried to meditate. I try so hard. So instead I've just start, started to develop, you know, just again, um, a gratitude, um, you know, uh, in the morning, just being thankful for the things I have instead of wanting something else. You know, I was yeah. always in the, in the past. I used to always, you know, I play kind of like the victim in my head, like, oh, why do I have to, you know, why, why does she get to stay home with her kids and I have to work, you know, that sort of thing, you know, and instead I've tried to turn it around in my head and just be grateful that I have a job and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, um, during and it's helped. Yeah. During this journey, um, it, you know, with your fitness journey, do you feel, um, it, you know, now, you know, is there gratitude that comes from being able to do the things you're able to do now? that you may, you know, previously never even thought that you'd be able to accomplish? And what are those things? 
Yeah, well, um, the energy is a big one. Just having the energy to do all the things that we have to do as moms and, you know, and, you know, all the house stuff and the going out to work and just having the energy to do all that. I think that's been um, a big one. Um, what else? Um, let me think. What was, can you go back to how you phrased the question? So are there things that you are able to do now? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, because um, I can imagine, I mean, you don't talk about like what you're lifting or what you're doing, but man, looking at this, um, the, the <sighs> most recent picture, I can tell you're lifting quite a heavy load. So like when those days when you're hitting personal PRs, I mean, do you like reflect on that and say, man, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Yes. Yes. So like an example of that would be um, lately, I've been trying to pile on the weights for my hip thrusts. Uh -huh. And in the past, I would just plop on my 50 pound dumbbell, you know, underneath my towel. So I wasn't bruising my hips. And, um, and I thought that was great. And that's how I, you know, I started and it was, and it was great. I was making progress. But um, once I got a barbell, and I started to you know, load it after time, you know, and I was, I was really impressed a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if it was like 220. I don't remember yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it was the, it was a PR that um, yeah. I only did like five or six reps, but yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> I yeah. never thought I would be able to do that before yeah. that and um, deadlifting. I'm trying to, um, I don't have a squat rack. Okay. So I don't use my barbell for squatting, but I um, am trying to really perfect my form on my deadlifts. And um, for a while there, I was like mentally, um, I wouldn't go past my body weight. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to, I just would, you know. And then I started learning about different grips and lifting straps. And so I've been able to increase my deadlift by doing all that. So yeah, all of those things. But one of the um, uh, great ones is I have a 10 year old son. And he's my baby. And I love carrying him up to bed at night. Oh my goodness. And I carry him up the stairs. And I always say, I don't know when the last day is going to be that I'm going to be able to do that because he's 10 and wow. he's growing like a weed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. so that's one of the things that I just love about um, being strong. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. able to do stuff with my son. I can, I can lift my son and I can carry him up to bed yeah. every night. Such a cool thing. It's like so cool. And I, I really get that because that would be awesome. I mean, I would try to carry my son, but he's um way taller than me. So it'd be like, I'm only 4'10. He's like, you know, <laughs> I would look at oh But that is the coolest thing um that I've heard. That's really cool. But yeah, it's it's those things, like those wins that I think are like, I mean, it just they pump you up, right? And like um, I think just being grateful again, you know, in a way, letting go of that whole like you know, um, I have to be a certain weight mentality and just really focusing on like all the, the wonderful things that your body's able to do. Um, yeah. And how strong you are and, and everything. I mean, I hear so much in my, you know, little circles when I'm around, you know, other women and people will, um, women find it complimentary to be told, oh, you look so tiny. How do you stay so tiny? Like, there was a time where I would have liked that. Now I would be insulted or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be tiny. No, we want a big shoulders, you know, 
take up some space with our muscles. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you. It's fun. Like there's a quote that um I like that says, um, once you start seeing results, it becomes an addiction. And um, I really do think it's true because when you start seeing, you know, the physical changes, but also, like you said, the things that you're able to do, um, it almost, it's like, it gives you an incentive to keep going. Absolutely. And yeah. then um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. No. Um, she um, She's great. If you want to um, check out her podcast and her information, she's, I think, a uh, gerontologist. Is that somebody who studies, you know, yep. aging? And that's her background. And she talks a ton about the importance of muscle for longevity. She has so much information on that. And um, I just love listening to what she has to put out about that because she's one of the people who um, I've been following over these last couple of years. And she looks at it from a perspective of just longevity yeah. and how important um, skeletal muscle mass is for that. And for, um, you know, she worked with, um, you know, geriatric patients in hospitals, and she would see them just wither away. They had no muscle. And um, she, you know, she's done a lot of research on how if you if you build that muscle, and you're, you have that muscle going into your later years, it's just so beneficial for, you know, a lot of, you know, older people, um, they end up with like broken hips, and, you know, all kinds of falls, and then they end up in the hospital. And then, you know, they're just go downhill from there. Right. But um, she talks a lot about if you have the skeletal mass going into your older age, um, aging years, that um, it's really super beneficial. So okay. um, she's what somebody that podcast again. What um, I think it's called the Gabrielle Lyon. Okay. Show, but um, her name is Gabrielle Lyon. All right, I will find it and I'll put it in the notes. Um, I do, you know, I, I do like to point people in the direction of good podcasts out there, and that sounds like one that um, sounds really informative and. Definitely. she is she puts out some great yeah. info that's good that's wonderful yeah um so the one of the last things you say is consistently enjoying the process and um and uh yeah you're right like we have to enjoy you know this is for life right we're talking longevity which means exactly. many, many years right and we're in our 50s which i you know we're we've got many years ahead of us so um we we gotta enjoy it right that's right uh, yeah yeah, that's good. I mean, um, I, 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 I still to this day, I look for like at night, I look to see what my workout's going to be the following day. And um, I like look forward to my mornings. I look forward to getting up, having my coffee, doing my little gratitude and getting that workout done. And then there, there's a lot to say for those um, endorphins after a workout. Absolutely. <laughs> I Absolutely. mean, they make you feel great. <laughs> good. Yes, they do. So I know that you, um, uh, are now doing your own consulting, right? Are you um, doing your own consulting or reaching out to help other women? Do you want to say anything about that? How did you, you know, what made you decide to do that? Yeah, well, um, like I, like we were saying how I, I just got so excited about this whole process and I've always liked, I've always been a foodie and I've always liked healthy eating and that sort of thing. So um, I went ahead and I got my nutrition certification through um, NASA. And I've just, um, I've just reached out or I've actually had some women reach out to me right. and, um, I'm just kind of, you know, right now, just seeing if I can help someone. Um, it's not anything that I've really taken off with yet because I do have a job. 
right? I've been a speech and language pathologist for over 20 years. And so that's my career. And I look at this as kind of like a side dish. <laughs> and if I can help, you know, I love to inspire. Yes. I've had some friends reach out to me and um, I've just kind of looked at, you know, their questions and what they're struggling with. And I've tried to help them, you know, with their eating and, you know, how they can. Um, I like to look at it more of like, instead of like telling people to stop eating certain things, let's see what you're not eating that you can add in. Yes. Um, so looking at how can we can make it sustainable. Right. And, and for some people that means, um, you know, they still want to have their, you know, nightly glass of wine or whatever it is. Everybody's got their own thing that they don't want. They're not ready to give up and that's okay. It's okay to do that. It's just, we have to find like a balance. And so it's so individual, right? Because right. well, you know, I'm not an expert in anything except myself. And even that is questionable. But um, I know what works for me is not necessarily going to work for someone else. So, you know, um, I just try to find ways to make it sustainable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, I haven't really taken off with it yet. It's just something that um, I was super excited to learn more about. And I still, in order to maintain it, I have to continue, you know, um, some continuing education and take more courses and stuff. So um, I've had the uh, certification for a year and now I'm gonna start looking into um, some other courses and maybe um, some things specializing um, in menopause and hormones. And yes. So I feel like that's an area that um, is lacking. And there are so many women our age who could probably um, use some guidance right. on, on this stage of life. Yeah, I know. I super, super exciting for you and, and definitely a much needed um, avenue to, to pursue because there are, you know, a lot of people in need. And I think that it's not only that you have this knowledge, but you've also walked the walk. And, and you're consistently doing that. And I think that speaks volumes too. So it's very, you're very inspirational. And I think your message you. is wonderful. And I, I hope that, you know, many more people reach out to you uh, for advice. Appreciate and that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, thank you so much again for being with me. I, you know, just, I'm going to um, post your, um, the collage that you shared on Facebook. Oh. And um, I just, you're, you know, your journey has been inspirational because you really um, went against, you know, the, the typical messages that you hear, like, you know, after 50, it's hard to gain muscle after 50, you shouldn't be, you know, trying to live past your, your body weight and anything, yes. or, you know, you shouldn't be doing these hard things. And um, your approach was, you know, to go about it in a very intellectual way by doing that research that you did in the beginning, and then you put, put it to the test. And I think that's, really valuable and, and has gotten you far. So um, that's, it's a wonderful message. Yeah. I think we should definitely, uh, more of us should be, should be doing that. And, um, and if anybody's on the fence, I always talk to like, I think, you know, there's maybe somebody listening that is like on the fence about trying something new, um, whether it be increasing weight on, on something or just taking a different approach to their usual training. Um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. You always got to mix it up and you never know what you're going to find um, that works for you. It works maybe even right. better if you don't do those little. You have to experiment, Absolutely. experiment with yourself because not everything I've tried has worked. You know, there was a time where I was taking fat burners. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any better, yeah. you know, wow. Right. And so, you know, you, you experiment, you try, you see what yeah. works for you, you see what's not true, you see, you know, and so um, again, everybody's different because yeah. you know what the protein for my size body, um, if you put somebody else next to me, that's my so uh, same size, same weight, same height, it might not, they might not digest it the right, right you know? So um, again, it's very individual and you just kind of got to get out there, give it a try, see what works, see what doesn't work. And it's, it's an ongoing process though. Right. And like you said, that's another well, thing is like what worked today might not work tomorrow. <laughs> become our own experts in our own selves. <laughs> that's exactly, a great, exactly. So, so that's a great message to, to end on. And um, so thanks again. I wish you much luck. And um, Thank you. I, um, I will definitely be sharing the, um, the link to um, the podcast that you mentioned. I also want to share a link that you shared that had a really cool graphic on creatine. Um, yes. That was really a, a nice way to read about all the benefits. So I'm going to share that as well. Awesome. Very right. good. Well, thank Lena, you. It was so nice to meet you. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. It was fun. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. And thank you too. Thank it was you. wonderful you and I wish you well and I we're going to talk again so you take care all right thanks so much take care yeah. you're welcome bye-bye hi friends if you enjoy the podcast please share it with your friends and also please rate review and subscribe to it as that does help grow our community thank you so much